Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the Yellow Building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by startnewcompany.com.au. Register your company fast, easy, and direct with ASIC. All documentation is provided and held in your account for downloading at any time. Special discount for ATH listeners. At the cart, use ATH20 for a $20 discount. And ATHwebhosting.com.au. Servers operate on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and easy install of WordPress, Joomla, and Drupal. Welcome to episode 728 of the Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley, and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. What's up? What's up? Uh, not the temperature, that's for sure, for once. It's down. And do you know how I know? Because I got this new freaking icon on my taskbar that says eight <laughs> degrees light rain which i didn't put there but apparently the latest windows update lovingly puts there for nobody who wanted it yeah yeah it's done a few things and same on the work computer one this morning what why is all this stuff what who's been playing on the oh microsoft okay microsoft been playing <laughs> on the thing and it's you click on it and it's got it's got the news Items and stuff appear from the taskbar, and I've got. If I click on the Windows button up the top, it says suggested. Know about New Zealand? Test your knowledge here. Why is that in an operating system? Yeah. <laughs> Why? What? I don't know. It's bad enough in like uh, on the Android phones. If you scroll back a screen too far, it pops up. Oh, the, I hate that. Brief. You can disable it at least, but yeah, it's like, why does that need to be there? I don't. Has any, ridiculous, mate. Has everybody ever gone? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm glad that feature's there. Let me read more news. <laughs> oh, man. I finally got uh, 18650s so I can use my new vape, Geek Vape, Geek Vape Aegis X. The flashy one with the pretty lights. Sub Ohm 1. It's got a L4 inch. Not for a two-inch by four-inch LCD screen, and does big clouds. Big clouds. That's what's about all through, isn't it? Yeah, everything's about the big clouds. I got barley. Uh, what is it called? Barley Blitz or something in there? Tastes like melon. It used to be all about the Pentiums. Now it's all about the big clouds. Yeah. <laughs> Can't weird out. It's not about the bitcoins, is it? <laughs> Nothing is anymore. Uh, well, I don't know. Might come about, back up. There's some news about that later. Oh, sweet. So, but, uh, oh, Bali Breeze. I just remembered. Bali Breeze. Yeah. I got mine from the vapeshop.com.au. I got another. I had five that I ordered with my. I said, compare them. That's the little 
mouth to lung one that I had, and that's the new direct to lung one. And doesn't it weigh a lot more? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a solid one. If you're going to be going out and you just want to chuck something in your pocket, it's a yeah, problem. Yeah, will just slip down the side and you can say. do that. You want to know which Otherwise, one you want. Use the big one for the big clouds. Been trying to learn tricks and stuff too. How you, you puck your lips and then tap on the side and you blow smoke O-rings come out and stuff like this. A lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a hard life you lead. Right? <laughs> and I bought it with the Bitcoin I mined with my computer. So, so it didn't cost me anything technically. Well, that's it. But yeah, no, it's definitely getting cold. We got down to minus three last night, and it's supposed to be colder again tonight. And Jeez, we got four, I think, was probably the lowest. Well, there was three in Ipswich, and we're always lower than them. And I think I, I went at four o'clock this morning or something. I think I saw zero, which would mean that well, like, when the sun was coming up at like 5, 5.30, it would have had to dip into the minuses. So What, what are you doing awake at four o'clock in the morning? Nothing constructive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just in the last week, I think it's been, I'd wake like two, two times each night again now, even though I've got these wonderful sleeping tablets that seem to knock me out for some reason. I've started again waking up once or twice through the night and I don't know. At least I, most of the time I get back to sleep, although the day before yesterday I woke up at 6am, went out and got some breakfast. My daughter's like, what are you doing up at this time of morning? It's like, she's like, I'm going to bed in about four hours. <laughs> but you're not usually up at six. It's like midday for her or something. I don't know. <laughs> Kids. Uh, the, what's your American time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. <sighs> so we got some scrollies going on. <coughs> oh. What's Sorry. that all about? Fucking butchers come back to haunt me. <laughs> Oh, seriously. Oh, that'll teach me to eat, drink healthy stuff, won't it? Yep. Oh, man. But, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'll try to not die on, on, on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you can um, look us up in a few different places. Um, Patreon.com slash Aussie Techhead, for example. You can find us there if you wish to participate in the, the coolness that is that uh, or you can go uh, coffee.com which is ko-fi.com slash Aussie Techheads you can only say that because you read uh, it all the, <laughs> all the uh, usual stuff that's there Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those fun things you can find us but yeah no we do appreciate the um, donations we're getting through uh, Patreon and we got a couple through PayPal and a couple other various places and, and does, we might does help, we so. might be going to give out some NFTs if anyone's interested. Yeah, if if if, uh, if there's anyone listening who knows what NFTs are and you are interested in in getting um, limited Crypto release, stuff. give us a hoy because we're kind of trying to figure out how many we should release. Now they do cost us money to do it, not a lot, but they do cost us money to do it. It'll be um, on the Engine Network, so you need an Engine and Wallet. You need to have an Engine up. Wallet, and you need to know what NFT is and what to do with it and how to use it because we're not going to explain to every person who buys one what you're supposed to do with it. So. <laughs> Um, but if you are keen on it, give us a hoy, and we'll um, we'll do some sort of you know limited limited run in the next. Have you got weeks a picture so. there? Um, no. Here's <laughs> <laughs> one I prepared earlier. <laughs> yeah, had had you have you know given me like? Where's my Discord? No, I just thought of it up on the spot, didn't I? <laughs> Throw you to the sharks there, sir. I usually See how do. You it's like not, that? It's not that unusual. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, that, that's. Uh, let's see if I can quickly find it and kill some more airtime. 
Uh, I don't know. Where is it? Yeah, there we go. See if that's now. The next question is: Is this going to load? We've actually been having this issue with Discord, um, where I can't load attachments, and I don't know if it's just a me thing, uh. um, or at least the internet's working. <laughs> yeah, well, we all had a problem with that the last couple of days. Yeah. There, there we go. Except that background would be uh, gold. Gold. <laughs> Because you're chroma keyed, it's not going to work properly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is a weird. Discord updated a couple of days ago, and it's kind of. I don't know. Discord updated and went crazy. Windows updated went crazy. Uh, I'm picking up a trend here somewhere. It must be contagious. My, well, Minecraft updated, and it's not. Well, I play a lot of uh, on a lot of ser- servers, and you got to be careful you don't upgrade before the server does, because then. Don't work. It doesn't work, and <laughs> everything's updated recently. I had um, what else updated? Oh, Notepad plus plus, but it always updates. It has like fourteen updates a day. Um, Same as FileZilla. Yeah, FileZilla. Hit Film Express updated the other day. Thunderbird updated. Mozi- uh, Firefox updated the other day. Yeah, Firefox got a new interface. Got a new interface, kind of streamlining it a bit to look a bit more like Thunderbird. So they're kind of being a bit more cross compatible now. The flat minimalistic icons. Which, you know, I mean, I I generally have on mine set to night mode anyway, so yes, it works same. It works well in night mode, actually. It works quite well. I even got a, um <coughs> extension that you can switch the whole screen on whatever web page you're on to night mode, even if it doesn't support it itself. Well, yeah, well, as a lot of more are supporting it as default now, like um, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Gmail... A lot of the regular sites I visit support it by default. But one of the guys I found out this week, one of the guys on our work team uses his terminal with a white background. I mean, is this guy sick in the head or I don't understand? I used to, I used to use white background and green text. I, I can't do that. I it's got to be dark. And then I went to black background with orange text. Yep. And then I discovered black background with green text. <laughs> and then then I went that way. But yeah, no, originally I had a white background on mine. Uh, um, not these I, I days. That's what you get used to. But you got to remember too, when I start, you know, the first monitor I was editing on was this big. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You need uh, he's got two 1080Ps with bright white light coming yeah. at him. And one, but, one of the other guys um, has written this new cool funky script that does some cool funky stuff and draws graphs and stuff and this guy was saying the graphs don't come up on mine properly it's like why is that and they eventually found out that he's the only one that's got a white screen so when you're drawing white lines oh, yeah. on the graph on a white background it wasn't showing up but it didn't make sense because no one in their right mind codes or does a terminal ssh connection with a white background yeah so they had to add an option into the script so that you can um, customize the colors that the graphs and everything are in. I'm like, <laughs> just seems unnecessary. Just tell him to use dark mode like everyone else. What's interesting too on the Xiaomi, I don't know if the if the Samsung has it on the Xiaomi. It has a dark mode, um, a dark mode in the settings of the app of, of Android. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it forces most well, most of the apps into dark mode, which is pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of them now, like uh, Twitter and that, come with the option dark light or system default. Yeah. And so if you just put it on, it'll, they'll all automatically go to system default unless you specify otherwise, so you can customize across the app. There is a couple of times where dark mode, 
doesn't work well. Like, probably, it, yeah. I mean, it physically works okay, but it doesn't integrate correctly with what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so occasionally I turn it off, but yeah, usually I just use it all the time. So. Alrighty, should we get into some noose? Uh, yes, yes, we shall. PayPal has introduced a new feature enabling transfers from PayPal balance to domestic bank accounts and Visa debit cards within one minute. The feature uses the new payment platform, NPP, through PayPal's partnership with the National Australia Bank and Visa's real-time payments platform, Visa Direct. It's available for transfers for as low as $2 with maximum transfers dependent on individual consumer history. Through Visa Direct, the feature also allows users to send domestic instant transfers to eligible Visa debit cards. Customers can opt out of the feature as a 1% fee applies when transferring between accounts and is capped at $10. The feature also available to small businesses with maximum transfers based on trading history on the PayPal platform. General Management of Payments, PayPal Australia, Andrew Toon, said the company is excited to leverage the speed of NPP through our Australian banking partner, NAB, and is also to continue to expand our partnership with Visa to help more customers get faster access to their funds. According to PayPal Australia, it's the largest commercial customer to leverage the NPP via NAB. So as, long, cool. so as long as you're not using a MasterCard, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love having OSCO slash NPP slash pay ID slash yeah. why don't they just Pick one unify name. a name? It's so frustrating. But you can send already on banks, you can send money from one person's bank account to another almost instantly these days, which is fantastic. Mm. Unless it's from a business in which case it takes five to ten no, working days. We 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 have a business account and we have access to it. Yeah, no, but still, you, you, you try and get money from a business and you still get that. No, this refund can take <clears> five to ten days. The thing with the OSCO thing is we will send it to you straight away. Mm-hmm. Right, physically leaves our account instantly. It's up to your bank whether they want to accept it or not. Yeah. And that's the and they might take it. five to ten days. Yeah. So it's, you have to cover yourself by saying it yeah. might take longer. But it's not us that does it. We release the money straight away. It's, yep. it's 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 your bank that hangs on to it, whether or sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, and profit. You know, but they get the interest on, you know, on that couple of days they're holding on to it, they get to charge interest, earn interest on it. So, yeah. you know. Why would you get it sooner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why make your life easy when they can make money from it? Yeah, it's in their yeah. interest to get more interest. It is. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's changing the way that... Um, direct deposits are becoming sort of more used now because, you know, especially if you walk into a shop to buy something, you, you couldn't just say, I'll oh, just direct deposit and in five days' time, I promise the money will be there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you could send them a remittance, but you still had a couple of days where you could go and cancel a transaction. Yeah. But now with this, it's great. You can do it instantly and you get a confirmation through straight away and it can't be reversed. So it's like, yep, cool, done. Yeah, you know, so it works well for like us with a small business where we can accept payments on the spot that are too big for it because you obviously have most people only have a thousand or two thousand dollars limit on their card. Yeah. So if they're coming to buy a solar system and it's a ten thousand dollars solar system, well, they can just now do direct deposit in the store and walk out with the product. I had to ring up my bank <clears> to transfer <throat> the money for me because I couldn't do it. Well, my bank is in Wollongong, and that's about it. 
So I couldn't yeah. exactly drive down there. It would take like seven hour, six or seven hours to get there and do a transfer. But I can't do it from internet banking because the largest you can transfer is 5,000, which is, of course, for security reasons, yeah. even if you ring up. So I just ring up and say, I need this much money to go to this via direct deposit. And they're like, yep, we've done that for you. It's one thing I love about having the uh, business account. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I have to admit that's good. So, but, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see how much PayPal takes out for that privilege because they already take enough out to give you your money back. Yeah, well, they said this would be a 1% fee. Yeah, but is that flat fee or is that on top of the fee they've already charged you to transfer the money in the first place? <laughs> Why not both? Uh, tax on a tax. Yeah. Oh, dear. But uh, speaking of money, El Salvador, you know, that place that always is on the forefront of the cutting edge of technology. Yep. As always. <laughs> um, <coughs> President Niab Bakelki. You always pick Bas- these Bakelke? ones, don't you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the president of El Salvador <laughs> <laughs> has now mandated Bitcoin to be treated the same as US dollars. Yes. Uh, it's become the first country to adopt Bitcoin in legal tender. The president... Um, wants to take one step further with a plan to create 100% renewable cryptocurrency mining facilities using volcanoes. Oh. There's probably more to that story, but they don't elaborate on it here. Um. (laughs) I mean, the dwarves used to do mining in volcanoes to forge the the, uh, The swords and shields, didn't they? Some ring came out of volcanoes. I saw that on Thor. (laughs) Um, With the bill's passage, Bitcoin will be instantly converted with USD and have the same legal standings. Prices can now be displayed in Bitcoin. Merchants must accept payment in Bitcoin. Tax contributions can be paid in Bitcoin. And Bitcoin exchanges will no longer be subject to the country's capital gains tax. The state's under the obligation to promote and protect private enterprise, generating necessary conditions to increase national wealth for the benefit of the greatest number of inhabitants, the bill reads. Approximately 70% of the population does not have access to traditional financial services. It's the obligation of the state to facilitate the financial inclusion of the citizens in order to better guarantee their rights. The purpose of this law is to regulate Bitcoin as unrestricted legal tender with liberating power, unlimited in any transaction and any title that public or private, natural or legal persons require carrying out. Uh, They expect the introduction of Bitcoin to generate growth across the economy. Following its success with Congress, the President announced his plans for clean, renewable and zero emissions facilities to mine the cryptocurrency. I'll just instruct the president uh, of our state-owned geothermal electric company to put up a plan to offer facilities for Bitcoin mining with very cheap, 100% clean, 100% renewable, zero emissions energy from our volcanoes. This is going to evolve fast, he tweeted. Our engineers just informed me they dug a new well that will provide approximately 95 megawatts of 100% clean, zero emissions geothermal energy from our volcano, uh, starting to design full Bitcoin mining hub around it, said in another tweet. <clears throat> so not only are they have they fully embraced Bitcoin as legal tender, the government of the country is setting up a Bitcoin mining facility. Nice. <laughs> and in the US and Australia, they're like, how can we tax Bitcoin? How can we make it illegal as possible, track every fraction of Bitcoin that goes anywhere and then tax the hell out of everybody for using it? Yeah. Well, you had that story there, didn't you? About, uh, or did you end up doing that one? About no. how they want to, uh, was that they wanted to track all the movements of the coins through the country? Yes, in the US. Yeah, it's like, seriously. 
but Australia is doing stuff. Like a friend of mine got a message from the ATO through his MyGov thing saying, we know you got crypto, so you got to tell us everything about it. They don't. <laughs> it's not in the country. <laughs> That's not, nothing to do with them. Yep, um, exactly. But, yeah, so good on them, El Salvador. You know, as I said, like, it's not exactly known to be forefront of technology and cutting edge, you know, but... Uh, Actually, the- thinking about it, you only pay tax on things that increase in value, right? Otherwise, you yeah, they become a asset a write-off if they decrease. That was a perfect time for Bitcoin to drop out of the bottom of the market. Yeah, well, especially if you're a business. Nobody has too. made money on it, no. so. And if you if you have a business and you have them in shares and they've collapsed, then you can claim them as a loss. Yeah. So you actually you can actually get money from losing money. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like negative negative gearing works. Yeah. So, but. Uh, no, it'd be great. Bravo. I'm going to keep an eye on this and see over the next few, because I reckon it's going to be um, like three months and they'll have their first uh, mining operation in place. So yep. um, it's going to be interesting make, to see. Make Bitcoin legal tender and make weed legal. Yeah, well, that's it. Then people won't care if they get taxed. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Give me a packet of Cheetos. You can tax me whatever you like. That's I don't it. care. Yeah. Doritos. I need Doritos. <laughs> Melted cheese in the microwave. Don't start now. I'm going to get hungry. An internet blackout that knocked out some of the world's biggest websites on Tuesday. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Was ultimately caused by a single customer updating their settings. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? The infrastructure provider Fastly has revealed. A bug in Fastly's code introduced in mid-May had lain dormant until Tuesday morning according to Nick Rockwell, the company's head of engineering and infrastructure. When the unnamed customer updated their settings, it triggered the flaw, which ultimately took down 85% of the company's network. On May 12, we began a software development employment that introduced a bug that could be triggered by a specific customer configuration under specific circumstances. Early June 8th, the customer pushed valid configuration change that included the specific circumstances that triggered that bug, which caused 85% of the network to return errors. We detected the disruption within one minute, then identified and isolated the cause and disabled the configuration. Within 49 minutes, 95% of our network was operating normal. I wonder who got fired for that. Oh, man, tell you what. Talk about an oversight. It was like, it's, I sent the cartoon to you the other day, and it's like, <laughs> when the internet's being in, in, in created, let's make it distributed so it could just survive a nuclear winter. And then today they're like, what if we put half the internet in one company's hands? And then uh, half in oh. another company, yeah. Oh, it's, that is the problem with it, like... And this is part of the problem with things like Facebook and CDN. and yeah, the they they are solely responsible for everything that occurs. So if there is an issue, nothing happens. Yeah. Whereas sites like Mind, which I use a lot, Mind dot com, um, Minds dot com, it's a P two P site. So yep. all data is stored across all the users, and you can lose something like. 90% of the user base and the site still functions. Yeah. You know, so... It's, uh, it's kind of like a widely distributed raid. Yeah. yeah. It's, 
Rockwell added, even though there were specific conditions that triggered this outage, we should have anticipated it. We provide mission-critical services and we treat any action that can cause service issues with the utmost sensitivity and priority. We apologise to our customers and those who rely on them for the outage and sincerely thank the community for its support. The content delivery network, CDN, operated by Fastly, is one of the largest on the internet, along with similar networks operated by Akamai, Cloudflare and Amazon's CloudFront all operate on the same principle that the internet is faster and more stable if users can connect to servers physically close to them, optimised for handling lots of traffic. In typical times, doing so not only cuts loading time, but also allows the CDN operators with expertise in running internet infrastructure to take on the burden of handling security threats, unexpected traffic spikes and high bandwidth bills. But the outage highlighted the risks associated with a concentrated of crucial internet infrastructure in the hands of just a few companies. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole... I mean, they... Yeah, I don't know. The idea is good, but it can fail down. It's good in theory. A lot of things are good in theory, but in practice... I mean, you know, when you have the the creator of the internet saying the internet's broken and we need to fix it, let's redesign it. Yep. You know something's gone wrong. And he would know. Yep. If you ever watch... um. I ever watch, ever listen to Neil Stevenson's uh, Diamond Age? Yep. They actually talk about this being a problem. Oh, all right. You know, they the the Diamond Age occurs after the internet basically imploded, and they redesigned a technology uh, information distribution network. Um, you know, they call it the feed, but yep. it's it's basically the internet two point It's like the internet failed after. You know, so many years it, it no longer was able to function, so they redeveloped it into this into this other sort of technology. And you, I, I can see it in the next few years. It is going to have to inherently change the way it's being run because it, it's it's becoming its own. Too many single points of failure, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Even early internet was more robust than it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it says know. a lot. So I don't know, but uh, speaking of internet, um, Google is boosting low latency access with deep sea cables from the US to South America. Oh, uh, the project, the a new deep sea cable project, stretched from east coast of the US to three South American countries in effort to boost the capacity of the internet, but mainly to provide low latency access. Uh, the project named Ferminia, after a widely known Brazilian abolitionist uh, and author. Uh, I could say abolitionist, but I couldn't say author. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, we'll spend hundreds of kilometers and will be the longest cable in the world, capable of running entirely from a single power source at one end if needed. Um, Google CEO wrote on Twitter that the goal of the project is to improve access to Google services in South America like Gmail, Google services, YouTube, and Google Cloud. Um, so, how they're putting in new 12 pairs of cable, blah, blah, blah. But not only that, um, it's also, by default, by the fact that it's going to primarily be used for Google services, it... By default, it's going to enable a lot of other 
so anything that basically uses the Google network will be on the new cable. So um, anybody who's got their uh, DNS set to what is it one dot the 8.8.8.8 or whatever it is, yeah, they'll you'll be using that. Yep. Um, and yeah, the the primary reason for doing it, okay, the secondary reason is that we'll carry more traffic. The primary reason is to reduce ping times. Nice. That's I mean that. Gamers are like, yeah, <laughs> my Fortnite will be screaming now. And Google currently has 16 undersea cables across the world. Um, Under the sea. Starting in 2019, they finished the Curly Cable, which was the first between West Coast of the US and South America. So they're not, um, they're not messing around. They've been... Between that and the dark fiber, they've been re, re uh, putting back into service. They're helping a lot of the internet that needs it. They're not marking around, <coughs> which I mean, ultimately is only for their benefit, but still helps us too. Well, I mean, it, no, not really. We need we need more cables because our cables maxed out. Yeah, <laughs> well and truly, it's been maxed out for ten years. Well, you like to hear a funny story kind of funny in a way the fbi and australian federal police ran an encrypted chat platform and intercepted secret messages between criminal gang members from all over the world for more than three years named operation ironside by the afp and trojan shield by fbi and interpol on monday law enforcement agencies from australia europe and the u.s conducted house searches and arrested thousands of suspects across a wide spectrum of criminal groups from biker gangs in australia to drug cartels across asia and south america and weapons and human traffickers in europe in a press conference the Australian police said the sting operation got underway in 2018 after the FBI successfully seized encrypted chat platform Phantom Secure. Knowing that the criminal underworld would move to a new platform, US and Australian officials decided to run their own service on top of ANOM, an encrypted chat platform the FBI had secretly gained access to through an insider. Just like Phantom Secure, new service consisted of secure smartphones that were configured to run only the ANOM app and nothing else. The app, advertised through word of mouth via and via the anom.io website, allowed phone owners to send encrypted text and voice messages between their devices and prevented them from running other services or installing other apps that would leak their identities. Because the servers were leaking their identities, so they didn't need it. (laughs) All data on the device was encrypted and no phone number was required to use the app, which relayed all its messages via anom's central platform. But according to investigators and court documents filed on Monday, the ANOM Insider provided access to the FBI, which was able to set up a man-in-the-middle scheme that allowed it to receive copies of all messages sent through the platform since October 2018. Per the court documents, all ANOM devices located outside the US were configured to send a blown carbon copy of all the messages to a third-party XMPP bot, which the FBI is called iBot. I wonder if Apple will get stuck in on for that. (laughs) Here, the bot would decrypt the messages and then re-encrypt them using encryption keys managed by the FBI. The design allowed the FBI to intercept the messages and decrypt texts sent by gang members to each other, many of which included details of drug movements or murder plots. Womp, womp. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The problem is I'll never be able to do it again now. No. 
because they'll have other ways. They got their feelers into Facebook and all the other supposedly secure messaging platforms and stuff. You can imagine who they the, the they're going to find out who that insider is. He, the, he he's not going to live. He's not going to be around for much longer at all. <laughs> Would not like to be that uh, dude. That that person, I tell you. Um. So yes, what else have we got here? The uh, sticking with the internet for one more story because why, why not? not? <laughs> We're on it. I should say too. You see uh, the BCI banner pop up there, Battery Central Ipswich. Um, yeah, who's that? I own that now. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that is now a me thing. Um, and then the start of the show. If there are any ATH viewers who need batteries of pretty for pretty much anything, um, give, look us up. Uh, does, we're in Ipswich uh, in Queensland we service that area for automotive stuff because you can't ship that but we do ship nationally for most other stuff so if you want to find something out give us a call solar and batteries and off grid and all that one sort for of your stuff. NBN so yeah pretty much any of that sort of stuff we do and um, for ATH listeners it'll be depending on the product between a 10 and 25% discount so mad cool give us a call and uh, but do you have 18650s Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew what they were <laughs> until about a week ago when I needed it for my geek vape. <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, lose the use of Apple's iCloud and you lose more than just storage. Apple's oh. ID is so deeply woven into its Apple software internals that an iCloud issue can render inoperable a whole suite of services of Mac OS and iOS that runs an Apple ID linked to cloud. <laughs> so, this is a, basically the whole... Uh, Microsoft thing all over again, but by Apple. Um, iCloud account from Apple was inoperable for five days, had the effect of making Apple's iCloud storage unusable. Um, the review of iCloud storage options and many readers offered thoughts about alternatives in the comments. The original article, those included things such as using local storage devices and not using any kind of cloud storage at all. All these worthwhile considerations must be placed in the context... Um, so basically saying that, yeah, they had Are you issue. saying you use your NAS for backing up the phones? I do, yeah. Yeah, um, that's a good idea instead of using iCloud and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and it does it automatically. Once you come back onto the back onto the Wi-Fi, it automatically just does it in the background. You don't yep. even need to worry about it. Um, but there's so many backup options now that are automatic, you, that will sync to either a home computer or... I, I don't use the Samsung Cloud. I don't use... I mean, I use Google Docs mostly for I, work. I used the Samsung Cloud, but they're shutting it down and making you move to OneDrive now. Yeah. See, I don't use OneDrive. <laughs> I don't use Google Docs. But I use, other than using those for work documents and stuff or sharing with somebody, we can't send it through any other way. But I don't generally use those in my day-to-day. I, 99% of my stuff is backed up locally, and then that's backed up onto the NAS. Um, but then there are applications that you can do that on your phone, whether you back it up um, physically by plugging a cable in or whether you do it over Wi-Fi while you're sleeping, you know, just backing it up to your desktop. Um, it's going to be better than nothing. Or even, yeah. if you, you know, you can... There's lots of different ways of doing it, but don't rely on... I've got on um, Dropbox integra- and OneDrive. Don't rely on the integration of, in this case, Apple ID because it went down and they couldn't access... Um, the music books, Apple Pay, um, any of their online data, any of their <laughs> documents, you know, because it's all it's all tied in through their That's their, nuts. their ID. 
Another single point of failure. Well done, Apple. Yeah. They didn't want to miss out, right? <laughs> exactly. They you can't give Microsoft all the glory. Everybody else is doing it, so, you know. <laughs> but it also meant that things like, there's a feature, I don't know much about it, but apparently there's a feature called um, Handoff or something. And if you've got an iPad, you can yeah. send it to your iPhone or something like that. I had weird stuff happening with work. See, now I've got my MacBook Air next to me and my work MacBook Pro. What would happen with Handoff was... I'd copy some text into the clipboard on here, and when I hit paste on my work computer, it would paste the text that I copied from the other computer. Yeah. But for mm. work stuff, I have something else that I wanted to paste from the clipboard in there, and I'm like, how did that – What? why is that over here? This is a different computer. How does it have the access? So I had to look up, and I'm like, oh, handoff, disable, disable. <laughs> so apparently that was broken – um, apparently even things like he's saying that he couldn't log into his devices because they logged in with his, Ugh. with his thing and like, um, he could use his, he could use his laptop, but he couldn't log in and do anything that required a login, like emails or anything like that, but he wow. could use it to like surf the net. That's about all he could do. Um, he couldn't even log into his iPad at all to even activate his iPad. So wow, yeah. So apparently the Apple ID thing is tightly wound into a lot of stuff more than too much. Using, more than is just uh, yeah, more than is noticeable to start with. So nope, more yeah. price spikes, Amber like. <laughs> so, but yeah. So if you have got an Apple ID, you might want to just look into having a plan B in terms of an offline. Yeah, whether it's. Uh, an independent system or whether you know you got to have some way of still doing your work when you when app id goes down yeah stick it on a dropbox or something yeah and have a pc <laughs> mr t might be able to bring up a picture for the next one while i'm reading it I make no on problems. tuesday playdate the portable one-bit gaming system with an analog crank as a primary control option took one more step toward being a bona fide thing you can buy the diminutive portable systems creators at Panic, publishers of games like Firewatch and the Untitled Goose Game, hosted their first ever Playdate update video today and confirmed that the hardware will launch to paying customers later this year with pre-orders beginning in July starting at $179. The price will include the system's complete first season of Playdate exclusive games and Panic had originally pledged to include 12 games in all with the purchase price. Today's presentation included a welcome surprise, double the included games. Now Playdate owners can expect to get two games a week as free downloads over a span of 12 weeks, which means 24 games in all. Panic remains committed to its plan to surprise system owners with free downloads of entirely new games, so the video didn't include lengthy game deep reveals. In the meantime, they've been given season, given 21 of the Season 1 games titles, along with a list of participating developers. The indie-heavy developer list includes Kaita Takahashi, who wrote uh, Katamari Damacy, Nels Anderson for Firewatch, Giles Goddard, 1080 Snowboarding, Bennett Foddy, Getting Over It, and Zach Gage, Spell Tower, along with tons of lesser-known devs whose work has impressed them over the years. And if you'd like to join the Playdate development fray, Panic will make that easy for you with Pulp, a Playdate dev kit that works entirely via your browser. Panic said that this tool set, which includes tools for coding, graphics, and music, will go live for free at an undetermined date. 
Some of the games include Kranken's Time Travel Adventure, Battleship Godios, Boogie Loops, Casual Birder, Demon Quest 85, Echoic Memory, Executive Golf DX, Flipper Lifter, Forest Burns, Up in Smoke, Hyper Meteor, Lost Your Marbles, Omaze, Pick Pack Pop, Questy Chess, Ratcheteer, Sasquatches, Snack, Spellcorked, Zipper, Saturday Edition, and Whitewater Wipeout. It really looks like a uh, very early Mac Classic inspired display. Yeah. <laughs> it even has the same sort of icons and the same dot, <laughs> ma- dot matrix. So it's a dot matrix in- instead of a LCD, I'm assuming. Well, it's probably an Seems LCD, like but emulated to look emulating like Emulating that, matrix. yeah. And it's got a crank on the side that is a game controller. It's not for winding up to charge the battery or anything. You actually, there's a time game where you go forward and backwards in time by cranking it on the right hand side to move forward and back in time in the games to complete things so yeah it's an interesting um interesting concept yeah and you, you uh, sign up and you get a new well now two new games every week just suddenly appear on there through the wi-fi that's pretty cool uh, and then there's a, the last thing before, there's this whole uh, holder thing that comes with it as well. Right. You get this um, this whole case thing that comes with it. and Nice. It's a pen holder and it's like basically like, see that the display there reminds me so much of a Mac, Mac Classic. Mm. <laughs> so, and yeah, you can put a pen in it and use it for a bedside alarm. Oh no, it is an OLED screen. It's just emulating a dot matrix. Oh, right. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. So, have they um, said anything on pricing? Yeah, it was one hundred and seventy nine. Is that a U or US? US. US. So two hundred and fifty bucks. Yep. <laughs> so you get twenty four games to start off. I mean, that's that, not... that's see, that's the first season. Then you pay for the next season, and then every week you get another couple of games just randomly appear on there for the next season. Yeah, I'm going to go and have a look at the developer site later because it looks like you can play the games on the developer site. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, I wouldn't mind making a game or two for it if it's not too complicated like that using a web browser. Yeah, Stereo Dock. To quadru- <laughs> this charges your play date, looks great on your desk, has stereo Bluetooth speakers, and it's a pen holder. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in, all in the thing. And it comes with a, with a cover, which is a... Magnetic cover. Here we go. It's 14 days standby as a clock and 8 hours active. 180 megahertz Cortex M7 SDK supporting Lua and C. 16 mega RAM, 32K level 1 cache, 4 gig flash. Uh, has O2BGN wireless, built in mono speaker, stereo headphone jack with a condenser mic. 400 by 240, okay, maybe it is. It's 400 by 241-bit display. Yeah. So it is, a, it is a matrix display then, a dot matrix <laughs> display. Uh, D-pad, A and B, sleep menu, three-axis accelerometer and a crank handle. So, interesting. interesting. Could be a fun little thing. Just in time for Christmas. It's see, it's different. This is what we're talking about the other day when they're they screwing up the whole retro vibe of stuff. But this is different enough, yeah, to be retro nostalgic. But it's unique enough that it's 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 its own device that doesn't have any predetermined 
Yeah, it's concepts. like a niche product. Yeah. Can work well. So I like something like that because you don't have any any expectations because there's nothing you can relate to what it is. But at the same time, it's also kind of really familiar. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. Mm. Yeah, I might have to look into that. Speaking of get that, one though, for Cam for Christmas. I'll get one for me for Cam for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of this, they're not going to be able to make them if they can't get uh, any chips. Mm. So luckily, the U.S. Senate just agreed fifty-two billion dollars to boost U.S. chip making. Um, while shortage chip continues to expand, the U.S. Senate has passed landmark bill that will unlock an eye-watering $52 billion to boost national production of semiconductors. As part of the, as part of a wider package, uh, covers scientific endeavors ranging from artificial intelligence to quantum communications. Um, <clears throat> expanding U.S. semiconductor industry in particular is one of the key producers of the new act. Follows from a previous pledge. Um, called 50 billion in semiconductor manufacturing and research to support the aptly named CHIPS Act, creating helpful incentives to produce semiconductors. Ah, chippy! <laughs> um, so basically... Joe Biden's a gobbledock. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, with the Senate greenlighting the bill, the funding is effectively one step closer to becoming reality. Um, it's now heading to the House of Representatives where it'll be debated there. Um, the, then it's the saying down here that currently chip manufacturing is largely centralized in regions outside of the US, specifically semiconductor foundries, which print silicon wafers that contain nanometer scale integrated circuits, predominantly based in Southeast Asia. Uh, this is because instead of going through the complex process of manufacturing semiconductors for their products in house, most companies have the past years since now outsourced their job to leading companies Samsung and TSMC. As a result, about three quarters of the world's semiconductor manufacturing capacity comes from China, Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan. Uh, at the same time, and America don't like China no more. <laughs> they just same, put in a new rule that you're not allowed to invest in like 59 Chinese companies anymore. At the same time, manufacturing cap- capacity in the US has significantly declined. According to a recent report carried by Semiconductor Industry Association, because of course they do, the US held 37% of global chip manufacturing in 1990. The number has gone down to 12% today, mostly due to the stagnation of government subsidies. Mostly to due them. to them offshoring it because it's cheaper to do it with cheaper labour in another company that doesn't have very good labour laws. Pretty much. But, uh, <sighs> yeah, so hopefully there'll be... Um, Chips available again soon, but the thing is, nice. okay, it's kind of a look. Fifty-two billion dollars to rescue an industry that doesn't have a way of rescuing itself. Like it doesn't have foundries, it doesn't have factories, it doesn't have all that stuff it needs to do this. And it couldn't scale up. There's going to be years down the track. Yeah, fifty billion dollars is nothing. That's one company going. You know. Um. You know, like oh yeah, we can we can use that. We we'll just have to think about it for a while and figure out exactly how we're going to do it. And while we gain interest, <laughs> you know, so it's it, it might help, but it's not going to help tomorrow. The intentions are good. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's about it. It's going to be a good couple of years before it even sees a lot of day before factories even have you know before they start chopping down the forest to concrete it. 
the funny thing is, what I, the thing that annoys me is to make silicon chips, there's a particular sort of sand that's needed to do it. Like, three quarters of our desert apparently is made up of this exact sort of sand that we need, but we've got no manufacturing facilities here. It's like, we have the stuff we need to make it in our backyard, but don't make anything. Yep. <coughs> it's so dumb. But it's yeah, our government for you. Yes. Boxerdom, where I come from. Pretty much. <laughs> That's it for your stories? Uh, for I think it's worth looking at, yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and coffee.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com 24-7 back-to-back play of tech-related shows from Australia and New Zealand. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Don't forget, look us up, Battery Central Lip Switch, and we'll help you out. See ya. <laughs>